0: So my job is to hold forth this word to you. Do you hear me? Everybody hear me? My job is to hold forth the word to you. I am not the answer man. I do not have all the answers on the earth. I'm just like you. I'm learning, but I've, I've been at it for a few years, so I have a little information. But your job is to study these things daily to see if they are so, all right? All I'm supposed to do is offer it up to you But it will be your decision to pray over it and to say, Father, show me these things, again, in a language I'll understand. Is this so? Is this true? Is this really what we're to give the mass of our attention to? Like I said, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Yes, we we will have, in church, yes, you do have to preach about sin. But if you'll just be patient with me, you can't preach about sin until first you've declared the grace of God, is what you're going to discover here, okay? Go to page two, if you would. And I want you to turn now to Luke chapter four in your Bibles. And again, I hope you've got information about if If you try to use an Amplified Bible, if you're going to be with me, I always preach strictly from an Amplified Bible. Uh, get one, buy one, borrow one. Do something, but get an Amplified Bible, okay? Now, Luke four, now, I want you to listen, like I said, because the Amplified Bible, I don't have time to tell you why I use the Amplified But it's uh, just, just let me begin to read these familiar verses because now we're going to talk about the grace of God. How many believe, before I go any further, that Jesus Christ fulfilled the mission that God sent him to perform? Anybody? So do we believe Jesus was successful? Okay, good. Now I'm going to start reading right here in verse 16, Luke 4, verse 16. It says, so Jesus came to Nazareth that Nazareth where he had been brought up, and he entered the synagogue as was his custom on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And there was handed to him the roll of the book of the prophet Isaiah. He opened and rolled the book, and he found the place where it was written. And then again, he begins to quote from Isaiah 61. And here's what he said, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the what? The good news to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, who are bruised, crushed, broken down by calamity, and to proclaim, verse 19 says, the accepted and the acceptable year of the Lord. Now this is the phrase I really want you to hear that's in the Amplified. He said, He sent me to proclaim... The accepted and the acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free the free favors of God profusely abound. Now I'm gonna ask you again, was Jesus Christ successful in what he came to do? Now this tells us what he came to do, and of course then the scripture says that when he finished reading these things, he closed the book and sat down. And he said, This day is this fulfilled in your hearing. But I want to ask you a question right here. Of all these statements in verse 18 and 19, do you see anything in there that's negative? Is there anything negative in that? I've come to tell you how ugly you are. I've come to tell you how sinful you are. I've come to tell you how you mess up every day of your life and I'm sick of it. I've come to beat you over the head until you get right. He doesn't say that, does he? The Spirit of the Lord is the Spirit of love. God is love. If it's God's Spirit, it's going to have love wrapped around all over it. Everything that comes from God comes from love. But he said, this is what I've come to proclaim. The good news. He said, he's anointed me to preach the good news, to announce release to captives, recovering of sight to the blind, and to send send people forth as delivered. He said, those who've been oppressed, who've been downtrodden, to have been bruised or crushed or broken down by calamity. But again, this is the part that I want you to see. And he said, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Of course, that speaks to the year of Jubilee, every 50 years when all the captives went free and all lands were restored, all indebted people, were their debts were forgiven and canceled. But I love what it says in the Amplified. It says, I've come to proclaim the day when salvation... Now really hear this. I've come to proclaim the day when the free... The free favors of God profusely abound. That's a pretty good day. Now, is that a day that's yet to come? Is that a day that's past? Or is this speak of a day that we're supposed to be living in now? Ask yourself the question. See, I mean, like I said, I have to just submit it to you. He said He came to proclaim the day, and actually the word speaks of an eon, speaks of an age, and it speaks of this age that we're in now. He came to proclaim the age when the free, now I want you to get a picture of this. I'm proclaiming a time to you when the free, what's free mean? I, I know that sounds silly, but we've got to go through this, because see, I want you to walk with it to me. This is not a preaching service, this is not a church service, this is a school. Free. I've come to proclaim a day to you when the free, what, what's, what's free mean? I mean, if somebody says it's free, what does that mean to you? No charge, right? I mean, it's free. You, you're, you can't pay for it because it's free. You can't pay for it. It's free. He's come to proclaim a day when the free, the free what? Favor. The free favor of God profusely abounds. Profuse is a big word. Again, it won't say that in the King James or a a regular Bible, but again, in the Greek, it speaks very strongly. It speaks of this superabundance. Now, I've got just a few definitions of the word profuse down here. It says here, if you look in the outline, it says, the favors of God will profusely abound. Here's some of the definitions of the word profuse. Marked by unrestrained abundance, lavish, lush, Luxuriant, a riotous pouring forth with exuberance, then it says giving without stint or being exceedingly liberal. Now, again, I just want you to begin to think about this because you see, I always remember this years ago when Julie and I read a book by E.W. Tozer called The Knowledge of the Holy. You may have heard me say this if you've heard me preach before because I mention it a lot. In E.W. Tozer's book, he was a classic uh, you know, Christian author. But in this book, in the first two pages, he made this statement. He said the first picture or the first vision that comes into your mind when you picture God or picture Jesus, how you see Him, in other words. He said the first thing that when you think of God, how you see Him, he said will actually direct and determine your entire destiny. In other words, you've got to hear me. If, if you believe in your heart, that God is a God that's sitting up there with a cricket bat and that He's waiting for an opportunity to correct you. He's waiting for the opportunity to, to bash you or something like that. Uh, let me just put it this way, if, how many of you know if you're afraid, if you're actually afraid of somebody, you don't try to get very close to them? Now, how, how much more simpler can it get? When you're actually afraid of somebody, you don't go out of your way to get as close to them as you can. A lot of people have never really ever gotten as close to God as they could because even though they may say good words out of their mouth, in their heart of hearts, way down here, they still have this unholy fear in them that if I mess up too much that God's going to burn me like a piece of bacon or He's going to you know step on me like a bug or what have you and... Oh my, if I just mess up one more time, that's probably it, and I'm out of here. But no.